there. Wait, I ain't gonna even tell you. You know we wasn't recording. <laughs> we gonna start over. Go ahead. <sighs> See, this is why I need my co-host. Sorry. <laughs> everyone i am toy the bitch y'all love to talk about and i am the whole y'all love to hate i am b and welcome to sip tea with toy and b every friday on facebook and youtube 8 p.m eastern standard time and make sure y'all watch us because y'all love to watch us anyway bitch keep up with toy and motherfucking b period instagram it's just tea with toy and fucking b too yeah Fucking you true. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy us and subscribe. Thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> that never happened before. See, this is why I need my co-host. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so sorry about that, but let's just start it again. I am Toy from City with Toy and B. Um, I'm here tonight with Jessica. We're here to talk about um, parent coaching. So I have a lot of questions for her. Everyone that have kids, y'all really need to tune in because she can help us out to understand the academic support system when it comes to a child. So my first question is, what are you sipping on tonight? I'm glad you asked. Uh, tonight, and it's really not night because I'm in California. Oh. It's still afternoon over here. Okay. <laughs> but I am sipping on some kind of energy drink, basically. Something that uh, it's cool because it's really hot here. And I didn't want to do tea because, you know, tea, mm -hmm. tea, tea is hot. hot. So, yeah, I got my cute little mug here representing North Carolina, where I'm from. Look, I'm acting like I'm from North Carolina. I just live here. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to represent a little North Carolina today, a little East Coast shout out. So, um, yeah, I'm just sipping on my my energy drink. Give me a good boost of energy. Keep me hype and live for you guys today. So, yeah, that's what I'm sipping on. Okay, I love it. I'm just sipping on me some water. <laughs> just toning it down. So let's get into it. What should I do as a parent if I think my child needs more academic support? You know, I'm really glad you asked that question. First of all, before I even answer that question, it's important to really look at what's going on in schools right now. So I want to focus for your audience. Um, and I know you might have young parents, you might have seasoned parents, but nevertheless, it's important to first understand the foundation of what's going on in schools. So when we look at data in schools, we look at, and I'm a, I work in schools, so I just want to put that out there. I'm a, a licensed educational psychologist, but when we look at data, we see our black kids on the bottom. There is a huge gap uh, between where they should be, their white counterparts, and where our black children are landing. And so that already tells us right there that there is a problem. And I think it's just so important to say that parents can make a huge difference in helping to close that gap, working alongside of school. So one thing we need to do as parents, especially black parents, 
you know, we have this history with schools that is not a good history. We don't have that trust in the school yeah. system. So it's important for us to be more strategic and to be brave about being involved, not just when something happens, but being involved before something happens, showing our face, making sure that we're collaborating. So I say that because that's the first thing we should do, already be connected. Even though we might feel a certain way about the school, still be connected in a positive way. Now, why? Because when your child starts to have issues or problems, you know, whatever it may be, you're at that parent-teacher conference and they're like, look, he's a little bit behind. He's supposed to be reading here, but he's not. Well, now, because they know you, sometimes teachers will, uh, they will kind of go the extra mile to really help you help your child. So that's why it's important to just build those relationships and those connections. So that when it is time to get help, people are here willing to help you. So that's so important. Just being a part of the school system, building relationships with the people that are teaching your child positive relationships so that when there is a problem, now y'all can come to the table and come up with solutions. And it's important to speak up on it. Even if they don't mention it, you mention it if you notice something's wrong at home. Mention it. Bring it up get some solutions and like you said it's really good to be a relationship with your kids teachers when my kids was in school mine's all are they are adults adults now but when they was in school i was really like communicating with the teachers and they did they uh, go the extra mile for your child they really do if you have communication with them but if they feel like you're a parent that don't care they're not gonna care Right, right. And you're speaking truth because a lot of times, first of all, we have stereotypes we have to fight. You know, mm -hmm. they see and, you know, I'm, I'm just speaking of, as far as black parents right now. But there is a stereotype that, oh, black parents don't care. You know, the yeah. way white parents or Asian parents care. So we have to overcome that stereotype by showing them we do care. We're involved. Let me know what I can do to support. Like for me, I have four kids. <laughs> so yeah. they range from one is in college and one is in kindergarten. Okay. <laughs> so well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I am involved in every single level. Every single level. If they ain't thinking about how to how to support my child, guess who's thinking about it? I mm -hmm. am. And so I will initiate a lot of times the what I think should be happening <laughs> to make sure my child is not going to be left behind because we're not doing that today. Right. <laughs> I'd be going to the school. OK, if they miss this, is there any kind of way that they can make that up to bring that grade up? Yeah, like, that's the type of person I am. My kids used to. Hey, when it came spring break and Christmas break and they know how to get them packages. Oh, I need packages for them. They ain't going to be home for free. They need, <laughs> they need the packages because when they come back, all that extra credit needs to help them up that grade. Right, right. And then another little tip for parents, especially as they get older, mm -hmm. instead of me going to the teacher, what I do is I coach my child how to go to the teacher. 
because yeah. now I want to teach my child how to advocate for themselves. You are going to be a grown woman. You're going to be a grown man. If you're having an issue, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I really, really, really want to do it for him. But then I'll be like, no, <laughs> she need to do it. He needs to do it. And then they'll come to me with their issue. And I'll be like, well, what you going to do about it? Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? I always ask, did you talk to the teacher? Mm-hmm. And when they say, oh, they won't listen to me or he ignored me or she ignored me, then that's when I step in like, okay, he said he came to you. So what is the issue? How come you ignored him or something like that? Like always communicate is the key. And yes. when it comes to my kids, like I'm crazy about my kids. So if they come to me and be like, mom, I tried it your way. And they just not listening to me. So you need to talk to my teacher because I'm asking for work and they really like brushing me off or whatever. I ask them what I need to do to up my grade or better myself or something. And they not giving me no information. Then they want you to come out there and act black. Like, no, it shouldn't take that for you to, you know. Yeah. And, you know, something else that I think especially black parents, what they have to understand is there's something that white parents and Asian parents are doing that we aren't often doing. And that is being involved in these committees. There are a lot of committees, if you can, there are a lot of committees that make decisions on how they spend money at your child's school. If you see, wait a minute, there's no after school tutoring. What? I got to go pay for tutoring out of my pocket. Uh-uh. Y'all need to you know, have some tutoring at this school. Well, there are committees which you could be on that tell the principal how to spend the money. Guess what you could advocate for? A tutoring program for them to pay for. You could, there's so much power. <laughs> there's just so I, much I never knew that. power. Oh, there's so much power. It's so much power when you join that committee. Now your voice is elevated, not just to the teacher, but now you got the principal's ear. Now you got the superintendent's ear. Now you got the board member's ear. That's what that's what <laughs> black parents don't know it. Like like our white counterparts, they do all the time. That's why they get what they want. Because mm, I ain't know we can do all that. Because I would I ain't gonna even sit here and act like I was a PTO parent. I was not a PTO parent. Mm-mm. Right. And it doesn't even have to be the PTO. There's so many other opportunities to tell and dictate what money does and where it goes. There's yeah, so many. Yes. I'm quite sure I'm not the only one that didn't know that I just thought it was PTO. I don't know. Wow. Got no money around there. PTO is a separate entity and it's a parent run group. And so they do activities. Oh, but they're the committees, <laughs> the committee, wow. those school site committees, school site council, you get attached to that and then you really have power in your voice. So, so important to know. Hello there. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> Girl, I ain't going to even tell you how I messed up. It was okay. You did all right. <laughs> <laughs> But you jumping in, we're speaking on um, the committees in the school that I didn't know we had different committees. 
and okay. she just broke it down to us. So by you having little ones that's in school, maybe you can get involved with this. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're talking about how especially Black parents, and I'm just making an assumption that a lot of your audience may be Black um, listeners, um, but, you know, I, I just wanted to speak to parents who have children who are Black that it's so important to be at those tables. It's so important to be at the same tables that you see our white counterpart parents, our Asian parents, and they are making, they're making decisions for your child and you're not even there. And so how powerful that is when issues arise, you'll have a, a place to voice your concerns and you can be heard beyond the classroom is great to establish those uh, those relationships with the teacher. But did you know that there's so much power beyond that classroom, having your voice out there and being involved proactively in a positive way before there's an issue? Right. I, I, I could see that because I had joined the PTA for the first time because um, I didn't like a lot of things that they were incorporating in the the curriculum for the kids and it was you know like i don't know i feel like when it comes to black um people in the school system they treat us as if you know we're lesser i i may i don't know are we're like their homegirl or homeboy because i had people speaking to me in an unprofessional manner and i'm like no i'm a parent i need to i need like your policies, procedures, I need everything written in black and white so I can go ahead and educate my kids on how to be in your school. And then we're surprised. I don't think a lot of parents do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of what we were talking about. Just the, the power of knowing, the power of knowledge, and then the power of being present. Mm -hmm. You know, as you are present in those spaces, that's when your voice is amplified. And I'll just give you an example. So for example, in where I am, I'm in California, in the district that my kids live in or we live in, there is a district African-American parent advisory council. It's all parent run. And oh, there nice. are several in the area, in the state, up and down the state. And we all are the voice for black parents. We have our monthly meetings and our parents come and we give them the tools that they need to help them navigate school systems. So it's just having that power, having that voice. And as a part of my role uh, as a president of that particular, uh, this particular parent group, I have monthly or every other month meetings with the superintendent. So I get to bring back those issues, the concerns, whatever the parents want, we get to bring about change. And we have been very successful getting- Congratulations. Done. Yes, I love it. I love it. Congratulations. How can I get help? Wait, how can I help my child stay motivated when school is hard? That's a good question because first I want to say, um, as a licensed educational psychologist, I do still work in K-12 schools okay. I work a lot with children who have learning problems before they're even identified or, or assessed for special education. So I work a lot with kids who are unmotivated. 
I hear a lot from parents, my child doesn't want to come to school. My child doesn't like school. And I work with elementary. So if in elementary, your child is already hating school, then, ooh, that's a problem. That is a it huge is. problem. Mm -hmm. We already talking about barriers right now. So if you already don't like to come, how are you going to engage in learning if you don't want to be there? And there's so many layers to that, right? Um, I know for black students and uh, other students of color, it's important to feel like we belong in that space, number one. Mm -hmm. So there has to be an environment where we feel safe, psychologically safe, and that we belong. And then number two, once we feel like we belong, now we're there, what is uh, keeping our attention or engaging us? And so, uh, B, when you talk about the curriculum, if I don't see myself in the curriculum, I don't feel like I belong, therefore I don't want to go. Exactly, exactly. Or if it's not challenging enough, for some reason, I feel like they they force the kids to dumb themselves down to to. I, I don't I don't get it because um, personal experience, I had to fight for my son to get tested to be put placed in a gifted program when other kids are placed in a gifted program automatically, and I'm like, why do I have to fight to put this? this boy in a program when he's sitting in a regular class board. Mm, mm. Yeah, you're speaking on that other end. So we see that too. And I have to say that a lot of times with our black and brown students, it is misinterpreted as they're being bad because exactly. that's the stereotype instead of they're not being challenged. And I've heard so many stories and sometimes what I have witnessed and what I have actually experienced being a professional in the schools, sometimes, or I've, I would just say I've had a principal come to me when there were some uh, black boys acting out, came to me and wanted me to test them for emotional disturbance. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, and they're not. And they like to pump them with... um those medications for ADHD and things like that. And that's not the issue. They're just bored. They're yeah. not being challenged. And there are kids who truly have ADHD. And then there's some who are very gifted, but you haven't assessed for that yet. Exactly. So yes, exactly. So I, I, I've, I've seen that too. <laughs> but what I would say to motivate, number one, what parents can do, because we can't control the schools, but what we can do and this is what I teach in my parent coaching program uh, that I have with Stronger Minds, Stronger Youth. That's my company. But okay. in my coaching program, what we do is we focus on the child's strengths. And then I take parents through how to build up your child's self-confidence using their strengths. Because that is what motivates them. When I feel good, I'm doing things that I already enjoy. I do. I'm doing things that just naturally are fun for me. Yeah. Then that's when I'm building myself up, and I'm I'm building up not only this confidence but resilience against those setbacks that might come my way. And now the parent can help the child navigate those setbacks um, and remind them. Remember when you did this. Wow, if you survived that or if you did this well, you can come over here and do this well too. So yes, I like that. Yeah, yeah, so important to focus on their strengths. 
very, very important. That's where our positive energy comes is when we're working in the things we already love to do. Like this. Mm -hmm. I love talking to people. I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do you think that with the school system, the teachers, I know it don't have nothing to do with age and stuff, but it is younger teachers now. Do you think that play a factor too with the little kids now with teaching? Honestly, I love the the, the new teachers. <laughs> I like the I like the younger teachers. They're they're motivated. Yeah, they're not they're not disgruntled. Like the older teachers have given up because I feel like they can't they, handle the kids no more. I feel it's a like yeah. yeah, it's a different day and age. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. So what are you gonna say? Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot, y'all. <laughs> you said they they're disgruntled and. They can't handle those kids. They're too old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so from when we was growing up in this school, we had older teachers. We barely had young teachers. And they were so grouchy. I'm sorry. The older <laughs> teachers was very grouchy. But now, being that you have younger um, people want to be teachers and they, did get, and they get in the system, I feel like they can relate more now to the new generation because when i used to be a teacher working at a private school it was like a it was like an alternative school but it was private it was a private school and it was majority of these kids was bad they got kicked out of other schools so this school took them in and when i became the teacher there like the kids got so attached to me it's like miss hardy like don't leave don't ever leave and they'll talk to me openly i connected with their parents and their parents even told me like the teachers that was there before me didn't do the things that i'm doing and the kids come home bragging about miss hardy miss hardy miss hardy so it's like i get it and the some people be saying how the young ladies when they go to work they be wearing these type things to to the school to teach the kids, but hey, it's a new generation. We're not in the old days anymore. And I, I think you said some very important things when I was listening. You said that they, you listened to them. You said that they openly talk with you. And I think really when it comes down to just good teachers, it, it may not be necessarily who's been in the game longer or not, because I definitely like teachers who have some years on them because they mm -hmm. always kind of know how to handle things. <laughs> but um, I would say it's really, it really does come down to relationship because that's exactly what you described. And I bet you in 15 more years, it's still going to be that same person who loves to develop relationship. And that's what it really is about. So it's just, some people are good at building relationships with kids. Some people yeah. genuinely in their heart love kids. That's what makes the teacher. That yeah. right there. Yeah. And that's I, what I ain't know nothing about no no teacher, no churn either, y'all. Not nothing. I was <laughs> like God just he just blessed me with that job. I was doing pedicures in a barbershop and the guy was there getting his hair cut and he was talking to me and he was like, if I offer you a job as a teacher, would you take it? I was like, I don't have no degree to be no teacher. He was like, you don't need one. It's, I own the school. And I was like, 
Oh, okay. He said, I just feel like you'll be able to handle the kids. He's like, because I keep losing teachers because they can't handle the kids. And when I got there, he seen that them kids, he was like, I knew I picked you for a reason. Like them kids love me. They talk to me about everything, things they wouldn't even talk to with they about they I mean to their parents about. So when they was comfortable comfortable enough to talk to me i asked them it's certain things that you have to tell your parents so i can't hold this from your parent so i asked them like to have their parent to come in for a teacher conference and i'll call the parent and tell them and then we sit down and talk and then they openly talk to their parents and their parent be like wow what did you do because i couldn't have never got that out of them and i was mm-hmm. like it's I don't know. It's just me sitting down listening. I'm not judging them. I'm not beating them in their head for information. So I do have a question. Um, and I don't know if you touched base on that when we started, because, you know, I, I did come in a little bit later. Um, as far as the IEP, how beneficial is that for a child? Um, you know what? I'm glad you asked that. You know, talking about IEPs. <laughs> <laughs> And let's talk about what that is. And before I even say that, Toy said something so incredibly important. Um, you really, what you were saying is that it's an issue of the heart and what, uh, whatever is in the heart, that's what comes out. And so that person saw something in your heart that you really care deeply about others. And so those other people didn't last because they weren't there because of their heart. They were there probably for another reason. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. check. Yes, yes. So um, even though, you know, some kids are displaced because they make choices or they haven't been trained, their parents don't, you know, know what skills to to, to um, offer them in how to manage their emotions. So <laughs> they end up in those schools because the parents don't even know. But even for those parents, I want to say, if your child is a child who's struggling with their behavior, even it's so important to stop listen more listen more and um be calm when you when you're when you're upset take a moment first and get calm before you can so you can be rational when you come at them so mm-hmm. um it's going to help with your relationship with your child that talking about kids on iep so an iep is an individual education plan or program and it's for children who have met some criteria for special education and that could be something as, as simple as, oh, they have some speech articulation errors. That's special education. It could be that they have autism. Of course, it's special education. And not all kids with autism need an IEP. IEP is really when they have some academics that need support from special education. But to help kids with IEPs, it's, and the IEP is so powerful. Let me tell you, ooh, that's a legal document. If I say legal in front of that, then that already equals power. <laughs> okay, so that legal document, it holds up in court. That's why you see school districts getting sued for not following the IEP or giving the parent a hard time about the IEP. Oh, okay. Yes. So, and also I want to be clear to say that even a child who has tested as gifted can also have an IEP because that is considered twice exceptional. So say they have tested for a gifted program of some sort, but they have um, some academic areas where they're not meeting uh, where they need to be. And there's a huge gap, say in math. Okay, it could be reading or it could be math, but they're super gifted orally. 
then they can have an IP. They're twice exceptional. Okay. But there is a lot of power. And, you know, I have a podcast too, and I talk about <laughs> IEPs a lot. Um, and mine's parent them successful. But we talk a lot about the power of the IEP, the power of your team, and um, just how you can use it. You can even use the IEP to prepare your child for college and career. Like, there is a lot of power. And if they dare not to do something that is in that IEP, oh, they in trouble. <laughs> that yeah. school is in trouble. And so it is beneficial. Because, so, you know, um, I know they recently put my nephew on an IEP, because, but he's grieving. He doesn't necessarily have a, a behavioral issue. He's grieving. And, you know, kids grieve differently than they would grieve, you know, like adults grieve and losing a mother at a, long, a young age of course gonna have behavior issues so i'm trying to understand what exactly is their plan when it comes to with him and is it beneficial for him to have an iep when they know that he is grieving well that's very interesting that they put him on an iep because he's grieving um <laughs> yeah that's there, what there are 13 eligibility categories and I don't, I would really have to see what the psychologist report says, like what were they looking for? Um, Cause they could have said, oh, it's a specific learning disability and put him in one. That's exactly what they said. Oh, okay. Okay. Well then, you know, that would be more of with specific learning disabilities. They look to see how, you know, they look at the IQ and then they see, is there any part of his academics or her academics that are nowhere near where the IQ is? Okay. And why is that? And so things happen, regardless if you have a specific learning disability, things happen. But this could have been an issue that they have been tracking through what we call um, uh, SST, student study okay. teams. They could have been tracking okay. it before mom passed. And it just finally kind of came into play. But it just means that he needs more support in a certain academic area because he's just not getting it as fast as he should based on. OK. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But not the grieving part. I mean, we, they can help him with that, too. But they need to help him with the academics. So that okay. breaks it down like IEP, specific learning disability, which is the, one of the most common. But I'm going to tell you, autism is on the rise. So we're, I'm seeing a lot more of that than I ever have. Yes, it is. It's a lot. Of it it yeah. is, and there's a lot of them on the spectrum as yes. well. Yes, that's the autism spectrum. That's what we call it, the spectrum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yes, um, but number one thing for parents, as as a parent coach, what I would say is making sure that you are connected in a positive way with the schools, and also making sure that you are. Uh, focusing on building your child's confidence so that they can be resilient to setbacks and they can remember what they're strong in and what they do well. And so do what do you, okay, so I know you're a parent coach to help them with the kids because the kids are the main focus, but how do you um, support the parents to feel that, to feel confident as that parent? Because I know there's plenty of parents, especially when we were doing the homeschooling during COVID, that gave up on that homeschool. Oh, yes. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
know what? We got to give each other grace. Number one, like, just say I'm going to do the best I can. And someone asked me, well, what if homework is too hard and we're stressing out? I was like, well, don't do it. <laughs> I'm not doing You know, say you have a child with dyslexia and the teacher doesn't realize it yet. Um, I've seen that too. And it's like, he can't read. He's in third grade and none of those letters and the sounds. Um, well, why would you expect him to do third grade level reading homework and then punish him because he didn't do his homework? He can't. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. Exactly. He cannot read it. So what she needs to do is say, um, here's something you can do or don't have him do it. But the parents should not feel obligated to make their child suffer through that. That's psychologically, that, that creates trauma. It creates some kind of psychological trauma with school, and then they hate school. There we go. I wouldn't do it. Like, talk to the teacher. We're not doing that. <laughs> you have power. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. And yeah. I need to, at least I know that now because I didn't, I thought we were obligated to help them with this homework. Sometimes but, I'm. Yeah, but if you know, like, it's really too hard, like in the situation I just explained. Mm-hmm. Or you got something going on, something's happening. Just talk to the teacher, let them know. I, I've done that for my kids. Um, I remember we were moving houses in the middle of the school year, and he had an assignment due the next day. I was like, We're moving, we can't. So she was like, Oh, that's fine, turn in next week. Okay, we're flexible. I, I did used to be a teacher too for 10 yeah. years, so uh, we're flexible. It's not as rigid as you may think. <laughs> <laughs> But I thank you for that because as a parent, I used to stress out homework. I stressed out homework. I stressed out projects. I'm pretty sure, Toy, you probably had a couple times where you ran out and got the science board. And, you know, and because I, I was, and I'll be going off like you've been, know you had to do this project and it's the day before and you want to tell me all the supplies you need. That's a different story, though. That's more <laughs> like they waited to the last minute, not that they have a problem, you know. Yeah, you know. So, it's, so but. It's, I don't know. It's just I, I've, I'm I'm learning a lot more about the learning disabilities. I'm also learning a lot about the IEP. So I appreciate you breaking that down because it just all of a sudden, you know, he lost his mother and then we got the oh, he needs to be on IEP. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's grieving. Like we never had any issues before. So what's you know, like what do we do now? Do they apply the IEP because he's grieving, or is there something else? But the way you broke that down, I understand it. I I, I get it now. And just and just understand that every three years he gets reassessed or any child gets reassessed after they've been in special education. And it's called a triennial. Every three years we have to reassess for eligibility and uh, to see if they still continue to need it. Because okay. they can be exited if they no longer need it. If it's done its job and it's closed the gap, they no longer need it. And that's okay, too. Uh, okay. That's yeah, that's okay. And there's so many other options. Yeah, so many other options. So how important do you feel like it is to introduce your child to a child um, therapist? Um, well, get into therapy. Like when you're talking about grief right away, it's close to the situation as possible. So it won't create a bigger traumatic experience. Um, but anytime, especially Black community, come on, people. Go get help. <laughs> but... Yeah. At the same time, I know we're looking for black therapists. Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need people that look like us to talk, you know, so. Yeah. 
Yes. But how how soon do you feel like is the best age for that? Like, because if you see your kid, like there's a decline in interest in school and everything that you're trying at home. Now, do you suggest at that point to introduce them to a therapist or what avenues? You know what? Look at our friends on the white side and the Asian side. Well, the white side. I was not going to say the Asian side because everything's cultural. But we <laughs> get it right away. My friends, <laughs> my white friends were like, oh, yeah, I had a therapist when I was a kid. Like, it's a thing. Okay. And it's like, really? Yeah. So if we can get comfortable with it, you know, at any point the parent feels they need it, get it. If you felt your child was sick, had a fever, at what point, you know, are you going to wait for something or are you going to kind of just go based on, okay, it's time? You know, you, you yeah. know as a parent. But I would say, even if you can't find someone that looks like you, get them into something. something. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and also, the school is a great resource. Sometimes our parents who don't have the right insurance or whatever, that's a barrier. The schools have so many resources. You just go and say, hey, um, school counselor, can you refer us out to an agency? And I do that all the time for our parents. If they need some services or I might even recommend it and I'll say, hey, I can do the referral for you if you like, you know, but it's really easy. It's really easy. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yes. So can you let our listeners know and our viewers know where they can find you if they need more information or, you know, how to get your services and basically how to contact or follow you on our social media? Can you let them know? Yes. Yeah, so uh, everything everything about me is under my name, jessicashields.com. That's Jessica with a K. <laughs> <laughs> And look, and then I have to say, you have to spell shields I before E, except after C. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but I am on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and it's under my business name, which is Stronger Minds, Stronger Youth. So that's Stronger Minds, Stronger Youth. And that's what it is on IG. That's what it is on Facebook. But everything, again, my podcast, everything is on JessicaShields.com. Easy, easy peasy. <laughs> Awesome. And what days do you film your podcast? Oh, mine is it just drops every Tuesday at six AM just uh Pacific time. So I have okay I have like fifty four episodes already on there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, and then my parent them dot com. But everything's on JessicaShields.com. I mean you everything's linked right there. Okay. I got thank you for yeah, I do. Because I thank you for the little information that I was able to get. And um, I'm definitely, I will definitely be tuning into the um, Apple podcast. And um, with that being said, this wraps up our show. And yeah. hopefully we can get you to come back and, you know, discuss some more about getting these kids some help, especially with the school. We need to actually uplift our community in, in a very positive way, in an uplifting way. So I do appreciate you coming on our show. Um, everyone, thank you for joining us tonight. And um, if you guys would like to follow us, like, subscribe, Sip Tea with Toy B on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and also Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you would like to purchase merch, you can find us on www.successfulchick.com. And we do have merchandise there. Thank you again, Ms. Jessica Shields. We appreciate you. Yes. You have a good night.